Welcome to the Doubled Up Podcast, the weekly podcast talking all things trainers, sneakers, kicks, creps, whatever you call them, wherever you are in the world. I'm Matt and with me as he is every single week is Scott. Scott, how are you, mate? Good. Good. A bit disappointed. It's the end of half term, which means back to work on Monday. But no, it's been been a nice week off. I know. Big sympathy for the teacher that gets lots of holiday, please. But no, it's uh, (laughs) all good. All good. It's been a nice week. So just to confirm, because last week I asked the question, do teachers actually sit on their arse all week when it's half term? What ratio of the week have you been sat on your arse doing nothing? Not much, actually. It's been, I've been still been doing busy? planning. I've still been doing planning and stuff, but I think with COVID, it's just a completely different environment. I was speaking to a few people that I qualified with and their, their life has been a living hell, I think, by the sound of it. Oh, but wow. thankfully it's been i think the school i've been i'm at has taken it very well and done very well so it's been it's been relatively chill relatively i say that and i'll kind of hold my breath because obviously the kids might be coming back soon Touch um, so we could all change again so let's wait and see let's wait and see well so I, indeed, indeed. I, I i am feeling like uh, a whole new man this week scott um it, we said during the last episodes Ooh that it was my birthday last Monday when last week's episode came out. So I spent the entire day opening packages. I had new shoes. How, how was your fort? I couldn't make the fort. I'm really sorry. So for anyone, I don't think we mentioned this on the podcast last week, but for anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, I said to Scott that my birthday plans, my 27th birthday was going to be spent playing PlayStation in a cardboard box fort because um, we are moving Um but actually, by the time this episode goes out, I will be in my new flat. But um, yeah, no, um, we decided to do some packing the day before. So uh, there, were, uh, there weren't enough boxes to make a fort. So I'm really sorry. But what I was going to say is I have had an upgrade, mate. I am recording today's podcast on my brand new MacBook that I decided to treat myself to for my birthday. So I'm feeling like a whole new man, new laptop, new shoes, soon to be new flat. It's going great. But before we just carry on waffling about what's going on in our lives, we do have a special guest today, Scott. So if you don't mind, I'm going to dive straight in and bring our guest in, if that's all right with you, mate. It is indeed. Although just before we jump in, I want to I want to clear something up from the last episode because I've had a lot of messages this week, a lot right. of messages, mainly about my seeming drinking habit that everybody seems to think <laughs> I have now, right? Just to point out, I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> yes, whiskey had been drunk, but that—that that, it's just a one-night thing. It's fine. I, I don't. I don't need help. It's okay. But seriously, I've had a lot of messages this week, kind of saying, basically, just picture people drinking, and I'm there like, great. I, thanks. I think I the world. I've seemed to have formed a doubled up podcast drinkers club accidentally, which is quite concerning. The the world. I've had messages as well. The world loved drunk Scott. So. <laughs> Unfortunately, it won't be happening today because it is, well, we're recording this at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. So uh, I, I don't think... Five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's past midday, so you never know. Rules are rules are out the window. But now we've clarified, <laughs> Scott, that um, kind of, like I said, the, the world loves drunk. Scott, I'll get back to introducing our guest. Um, so okay. um, our special guest today, Scott. Well, first things first, our special guest has, uh, uh, you could say, a sweet tooth for trainers um she likes her shoes like she likes her candy colorful and full of flavor 
Um, I'm going to say she has a sixth sense for finding shoes that you didn't know you wanted until they pop up on her Instagram page. Um, she is the Peepers, uh, Peepers? People's reseller. Um, you know her as at Kicks or Candy on Instagram. We know her as Jell. Jell, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, guys. And I'm uh, extremely happy uh, to hear that Scott is not an alcoholic. That makes me very happy following uh, last week. <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 might have been one of the people messaging oh. him, kind of seeing if he needs any help. Yeah. But, uh, but <laughs> thank you. Thank you for looking after Scott's well-being. And also thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, as our special guest this week. Welcome to the Double Up podcast. Um, we've been trying to kind of get you on for the last few weeks now. So happy to kind of have you on and recording and, and things like this, but jumping straight into it, Joe, um, this has become a little bit of a tradition for us. The very first question straight out the bat. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into shoes? Kind of, how did you start getting into trainers and, uh, kind of, yeah, talk, tell us a little bit about your sneaker history as such. Okay, so I've, I've probably been wearing trainers for more or less the time that I came out of my mother's womb, thankfully, slid straight out and straight into a pair of Nikes was my uh, backstory. But um, no, realistically, I, I um, probably started getting into trainers, you know, kind of end of secondary school kind of thing. Massive, massive tomboy who played football for many years. So, you know, most of my time growing up was spent with boys who are on the whole usually always interested in trainers. Yeah. Um, however, obviously, when you're a child and you're not from a rich mummy and daddy, unfortunately, you cannot afford to buy all the ones you like. So um, you have kind of a few, you know, come into working world and things, and then you can actually broaden your horizons in the trainer world. Um, my interest, in all honesty, was extremely chavvy. Um, Right. Back in childhood, it was kind of Nike TNs, shocks. Um, I think we've all been there. We've all been there. Like that's my my gateway for someone now that um, isn't the hugest Nike fan. Like my gateway into trainers were very much like TNs and Air Maxes, and I never got into the shocks, but uh, TNs and, and and Air Max ninety fives were huge for me as a kid. I think it was a very UK thing, wasn't it? Where like a lot of people that was like the gateway in their teenage years kind of air, very air max heavy so um so it started off getting into air max um you said there that like you said when you were younger maybe not being able to buy as many pairs as you you want now that you are uh, a, a little bit older are you still chasing a lot of air max and a lot of like the tns and things like this or or has it changed a little bit um, I, honestly, I don't think I actually have a set style. I think most people seem to have, you know, their favourite um, kind of models. Definitely I'm more Nike in comparison to Adidas, but I just like anything that's bright, really. You know, I've got a few pairs that are dark, what I would call very boring, plain trainers, but really anything that catches <laughs> the eye, no matter what model it is, then that's what I like. And provided it's cheap as well, actually, because I'm a bit of a cheapskate when it comes to buying for myself. So <laughs> We love a cheapskate here on the podcast. I am the resident cheapskate of the Doubled Up podcast. Although Scott and I, we, we talk about a lot of shit when we're not, to be fair, we do on this podcast as well. But we were trying to work out who has the kind of uh, the, the most expensive collection at kind of retail price and i think this new obsession for new balance is starting to creep up and i'm, I'm no longer i think i might have to 
kind of retire as the resident cheapskate because I'm starting to spend more money, but uh, I'm still a cheapskate at heart, Joe. So I like to hear that uh, you're in the <laughs> same boat as me. So um, colourful shoes. Have you always been into colourful shoes? Because you are the proud owner of what um, our previous special guest, Chelsea, um, dubbed the, or, or was it Danny? I think Danny dubbed the Elton John um, Jordans. <laughs> so, uh, have, have you? What's the thing with colourful shoes? Have you always been into it, or is this something that has kind of progressed as you've gotten older? No, I think I've always been into it. I guess a lot of it probably boils down to being a cheapskate again. White or black trainers never go in the sale, do they? They're so always in demand. Yeah, you need to learn to love. Um, I think even you know, back at school when you're meant to be wearing white. Uh, black trainers so you know I had like pink and white fluorescent ones you know just because they were nicer than wearing <laughs> shoe why on earth would I want to wear one of those it doesn't look very nice so yeah it's always it's definitely always been there so you reckon you, you'd, you'd have rocked up to school in like a pair of J Balvin's absolutely yes if I could have afforded <laughs> those they, uh, I would have multiple pairs for each day of the week that would have been me you could, there were some funky, there were some funky like TNs and Air Maxes though back in the day. I remember like, okay, maybe not the the, the pinks and all of the kind of crazy fluorescent colours, unless I'm the things that I'm completely forgetting. But like, I, I remember vividly always wanting to wear my kind of white and baby blue TNs. Like there were some, there were some cool colour combinations with some of the early Air Maxes. Yeah, I think one of my favourites, in all honesty, I can remember, I think I was, I don't know, in year 10 or something at school, and actually it got to the point where teachers actually complimented my bright coloured sneakers rather than telling <laughs> me off at the time. But I think one of the favourite pairs was a um, Nike Vandal, like high top, but it had like kind of pink stripes all along. Um, okay. And then it was kind of like an iridescent colour, all over it with like white leather uppers and then like a bright pink sole. So I think that was definitely my favourite school shoe. So it got to the stage where you were taking the piss so much with your school shoes that your teachers were like, you know what, like uh, at least you're doing it with style. Just go ahead. No detention for you. Absolutely. You've just got to congratulate the perseverance, haven't you? <laughs> congratulate you must the, have been, the You must have been pulling it off. You must have been pulling it off better than me because whenever I wore like in sixth form where we didn't have a uniform, even then I would still have teachers picking on me for wearing like a bright colored t-shirt or like a bright colored pair of shoes. Like I'd get ripped, like honestly, by my own teachers. And it's like, it'd be like an economics teacher with like glasses and quite nerdy. And they're absolutely rinsing me in front of the class. I'm thinking, what is going on here? So, yeah, you must have been pulling it off better than me. Yeah, maybe you need a private tutorial or something in how to pull it off appropriately. <laughs> I sort that one out for after the podcast. Must have been. I feel like by the, time you, by the time you get to college as well, like teachers kind of have that rapport with you where they can take the piss. I remember the amount of times that I turn in looking rough as a badger's ass, like after going on a night out on a student night or something like that. And teacher would just be like, what on earth do you look like? Like, I feel like you get to that stage where teachers have to be nice up until college and then they have full permission to just rip the shit out of their students. But before, before we go down a rabbit hole gel, um, obviously one of the, one of the kind of how you are known um, on Instagram is kicks or candy. So of course it wouldn't be uh, an episode of the podcast with you without talking about, kind of your Instagram page. So 
kind of how, how is it that this started? So talk us through a little bit about kind of how Kicks or Candy started. Like where did when did you come up with the idea? How did you kind of get it off the ground? And also why the name? Like the name is like a, it's a cool name and a cool concept, but where on earth did it come from? Okay, so I'd, I'd love to like, you know, sit and give you some, um, you know, extremely glamorous way of how Kickstarter <laughs> came about, but unfortunately that's not what I could do. Um, the actual name, in all honesty, came from sitting in a car park at Costco. So um, I'm waiting to go into Costco. Obviously, anybody that shops in Costco knows that the sweets in there are pretty yes. phenomenal. We're kind of basing it on an American theme. They would call it candy. I had just brought my first few pairs of um, Jordans at the time it was to kind of start the Instagram page. So it was just thinking of different names for trainers, sneakers, like you said at the beginning, you know, whatever people want to call them. So it was kind of just then kicks or candy and it was really you're saying kicks or candy but you never obviously have to choose because candy comes with every order um and that was where the name came from really um the actual idea of the company just prior to starting kicks or candy I was actually selling phones laptops you know any form of electronics and things right. was what I was doing before but kind of logistically speaking to, for any business to be successful, you need to have repeat custom. Most of us don't buy a new phone or laptop, you know, every few weeks, every month. So that was never going to work kind of longevity wise. I've always loved trainers myself, as we've said. So, yeah. And it was just kind of looking at the market, I guess, and, and seeing how for a lot of working class people or, you know, a bit, people that are a bit younger or you maybe don't have as much money to have the nice shoes, you know, that everybody kind of wants when you're growing up, it's very expensive. So how do you cut out having to go to JD and pay £150 for a trainer? Well, you cut that out by somebody having put their foot in the shoe once or, <clears throat> you know, kind of similar to a car, how it depreciates in value. Lots of shoes do unless they're what we, you know, what we know as, hype pairs most shoes lose value if they've been worn so just really yeah looking at that and I thought I'll, I'll give it a go the first 10 pairs that I brought were brand new ones and I more or less lost 50% of my money <laughs> because I didn't know really enough about it at the time I was just myself wearing more like vans and converse and all these things at the time because i thought that I was a bit more of a hippie I guess at that stage in life so that's what I was enjoying <laughs> um and then yeah and then I decided I oh, know okay don't buy brand new shoes because that's what I had started with the first 10 pairs um tried secondhand ones and it worked I took some terrible photos in my shared bedroom in a house that I was living at the time nice horrible backdrop, awful lighting. And funnily <laughs> enough, they sold and, you know, three and a bit years later, we're, we're where we're at now. Because the, the growth of the page has been great. Um, I mean, it, it was one of those things, I think, because I, I said this before, we stumbled across your Instagram page through our previous guest, Chelsea. It just happened to be that 
the week that Chelsea was coming on to the show, you had sold her a pair of the pigeon dunks. Um, and she put on her um, Instagram story, like, thank you so much for Kicks or Candy for, for, for hooking me up with a really good price. So I think that day you must have done like a Q and a Q and a or something on your um, Instagram story, because I remember just being absolutely amazed with how much people were interacting with you. I mean, you've got a, a decent following as it is um, on Instagram, but it seems to be like you said before, um, in order to be successful, you need repeat business. And it seems to be that you've managed to build uh, a cool little group of people that, like you said, kind of are constantly buying shoes from you or, or kind of following you on Instagram and, and things like um, this. I think that the growth has been um, uh, amazing. And the thing I, I really like about your um, methods to selling shoes is you don't follow what you see a lot of the other resellers doing. Like a lot of resellers you see will go, uh, go after the newest releases. They might be lucky enough to pick up a few pairs or there might be a back door involved or a bot involved or something like that it's very rare that you are selling brand new hype releases on your instagram page like where why i suppose how did you start taking that approach where did that idea come from that actually i'm not going to go for the brand new jordan instead i'm going to go for something that's maybe a year or two old that actually people look at and think god i i, I missed out on that so yeah Really long-winded question, sorry, but why do you uh, sell the shoes that you do? Yeah, I feel like you should have um, told me that I needed, you know, a notepad and a pen there for how long that was anyway to write a bit. I like no. to talk, I'm sorry. <laughs> you wouldn't be running a podcast if not. I think I've got the gist of your question though. So um, with for me, new releases, um, I just... Uh, most businesses, resellers, you know, whatever people would like to call themselves, um, personal shoppers, actually, you know, that's what lots Ooh. of people like to say, don't they? Even though Very you're not sophisticated. A um, but for me, I won't go for new releases because I just, I know how much so many people want them. I've been in the position myself where, you know, I'm desperate for a new release, but I don't want to pay £1,000 for a Nike shoe. So, I I don't know on an ethical basis just can't there's the occasional pairs that I will go for there's some like new releases that I will pay resale myself for to sell if it you know if I think it'll be good for engagement and things but I'm never really making much money on them it's more a kind of marketing thing I guess that's cheaper than paying somebody um but when it comes to a lot of new releases as well I'll enter for you know, people in the communities that, you know, that's what for, for me works better. You know, I, I would prefer to win the pair, you know, for, for maybe retail. And even if I could make £350, you know, I can just actually then make somebody very happy. For me, it's, it's one of the best feelings, you know, when you actually get a shoe that you're so desperate for. But it's also one of the most annoying things when all you see on, you know, kind of the sole supplier groups, um, eBay, Depop, Vintage, whatever selling platform you're talking about, you know, a new release comes out and that you can't find anything else more or less because you've got about 500, 1000 posts of the same thing. Like, you know, there's lots of trainers in the world that are, are far better than, just a new release because it's a new release you know it's yeah it's never going to be 
for me, lots of people always say, why don't you do that? You know, you can make so much more money, you could do blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, it's not their business. So that's not what I'm ever going to do. So, <laughs> See, like listening to the way you talk about it and obviously you kind of, I say, learn about the reselling. It sounds like you've learned about it kind of as you've been kind of going on. So obviously at the beginning, you bought some new pairs and lost money on them and with new releases i think that is one of them like people buy so many pairs thinking they're going to make loads of money and it's very hit and miss things that you would think would wouldn't like if you look at say dunk highs you'd think they're a dunk they would make money they don't you might get 20 pound over retail if that yes you'll make something but it's not really worth the hassle but buying and selling like say the used pairs and they're good pairs as well like I mean, I mean, I th- I think I sent um, I sent you a message about the um, the Mizunos that you put up the Foot Patrols. They're a stunning shoe, and I mean, if they'd have been my size, I would have had them straight away. And there are so many other pairs. You had the um, was it the Laney Dunks, um, Dot Dunks, Jordan Highs again, fantastic pairs, but they're not pairs you see very often. So, from a business point of view, you've you've all carved out a niche really, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't I mean technically I guess you could say you are a reseller but I wouldn't see you as a reseller because you're not selling you're not buying to sell new shoes these are shoes that you know like the Mizunos they're under retail like that's to me that's not reselling and you're not taking something from somebody else that is stopping them from having a pair you know if you if I saw a picture on your Instagram of you seeing as it's topical sitting there with you know 100 boxes of trophy room jordans oh god i'd probably i'd probably be a bit pissed and kind of say right and not you're you know you've you've carved out this area of like i say used shoes that are still they're still great shoes like going down your page there's so much good stuff on there um and like i say it's affordable you're not yes you, you will be making money obviously otherwise you wouldn't do it but you know there are so many pairs on there that people could pick up and actually they're no more or no less than buying a new hype release um you know there's so many pairs on there the jordan six that you literally put up today cracking pair and they clearly haven't hung around long so i'm pretty sure they were sold if i remember rightly earlier and it's but they're so good there's no reason why they would sit around um, so yeah, you stand out simply because of that, let alone anything else, like just from the pairs that you get hold of. Um, yeah. The only thing is you need to get more size 11 so I can start picking some up. Cause I'm honestly size 11 never appear anywhere. It's really annoying, but yeah, no, I, I, I think what you're doing is, is good. And it, in terms of reselling, it's not, it's not what you would deem as a traditional reseller in this day and age. You're not kind of trying to pick up 50 60 pairs of the same shoe to try and make loads of money um you know you're trying to you are making money but at the same time you're you're making people happy in a in a positive way like you know you're getting people into shoes and i'm I'm sure there are so many people that will be getting into trainers and find their way into hype stuff because of this type of page um because like i say coming from a working class background and being a kid you can't afford all these shoes and even retail if you go into somewhere like jd you know trying to pick up a pair of jordan mids they they start at like 110 quid now that's mad like you know if you can give somebody some lows or something even if they are 
like I say, worn a couple of times. So what? You know, if it's a good pair of shoes, it's a yeah. good pair of shoes. And I think even with the, the my initial 10 purchases, they weren't actually new, new releases. It's just somebody clearly saw me um, coming at the time. Anyway, I didn't really know that much about <laughs> that aspect of trainers. So I just brought a bulk deal from somebody that was in Northampton. But, you know, in hindsight, I just got mugged off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. That, it's definitely, it's meant to be affordable anyway. You know, people kind of lose sight of that sometimes anyway it's not and lots of you know lots of pages uh, you, you're calling yourself you know resellers and things and you know trying to kind of make out as though you're doing people a, a favor on that but you're absolutely not and most of these people don't even have any interest in shoes themselves you know it is literally and I don't begrudge people for that because life actually is about business and things you know if you want an, a nice yeah. standard of living quite often you do need to work mm. for yourselves and things but then just be honest and and you know true about that and just kind of hold it down that yeah this is kind of what I do don't try to depict it in a completely different way to what it is and mm. then I would respect that you know that's because because I mean realistically reselling is a very saturated market now because everybody is trying to do it because people know they will make and it's the reason things are becoming so difficult to try and get hold of because any pair of dunks it doesn't matter what they are they could be the worst dunks in the world but because they're a dunk somebody will pay over the odds for them um and this is where people keep trying to buy and buy and buy and like say a lot of them don't have any interest some of them are there to make a buck and fair enough like I say, people have got to do what they got to do. And if you're in a shit situation with money and, you know, you need to sell some things to try and make some, then fine. I'm not a supporter of reselling at all. Um, but I can understand when, you know, people have pairs, they've worn them. And then I've seen people called out where they've worn a pair and I've seen them wear them for, you know, months. And then they still sell them for, say, 500 quid because it's like an off-white pair. Completely batters. And they're like, oh, you're a reseller. Well, maybe he just needed some money to pay the bills. Like, he's worn them. He's worn them. He's had to make that tough decision. Like, these things do happen. Um, but, yeah, I think, like I say, the people that do it, like I say, trying to take it, I do wonder where the morals lie. I think we spoke about this with CAF, with the new Flyees Go that's coming out um, from Nike. If resellers do try and buy all of them up to try and resell, it's just there's a line that's been crossed. Um, they're, they're made for disabled. They're made for people that need them. Um, and I hope people don't, but it's very cutthroat and people will just jump in and just do whatever they can to try and, you know, make the slightest bit of money. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. But, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the, the kind of the resell in that kind of general sense, like the market and everything and how it's going on? Well, so my, my honest opinion is if consumers stop buying it, then it wouldn't be a thing. So, you know, lots of people do get very salty and get caught up on resellers this and resellers that, you know, it's an, it's an economical thing, supply and demand. Mm -hmm. So you take yeah. that away and that wouldn't. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know. um, in regards to the actual reselling thing, I do believe that it is so, so saturated, especially since the start of the initial lockdown last March. Um, but what people often seem <laughs> to lose sight of is that 
you know, you still need to have customer service and things. You know, all these people think just because they have X, Y, and Z pairs, you know, that means, well, I'm a top reseller. Well, you're not, no, because you're still a, a human being that needs to talk to others, you know, and I think some people... I've seen kind of get very above themselves, you know, well, I've got 5,000 Instagram followers. Okay. But that doesn't mean you have to be an asshole, does it? You know, you can still, <laughs> you know, you see people in the group. It's like the, just in some of the trainer groups, you know, you can just be so rude to each other. Like it's okay. Calm down. Like reset. You're not like the queen of England, are you? It's, um, mm. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it's something that's always absolutely going to be there. You know, it's been there from kind of 1980s, really. You know, that's yeah. what, I guess that's where lots of it kind of came from. And it, it's something that's absolutely never, ever going to go away. And when you've got humongous establishments like Nike involved, you know, they push it in their marketing strategies so that it still will always exist because that's the way that they're, they're multi-billion pound businesses, isn't it? So, I think you, you, was, listening to you talk, you've got a very entrepreneurial um, kind of way of thinking. And I think you are right that re- actually the way you're kind of explaining it, that reselling ha- isn't a new thing. It's been something that's been going on forever. I think it's just evolved a lot. Like it's evolved with the times. Like nowadays we obviously have the likes yeah. of bots and we have StockX and we have all of these various pieces of technology that can um, help us. I mean, there's no different to someone like buying. I mean, like uh, you were saying before about how like when, when you were younger, you couldn't afford track, like uh, you couldn't afford all the, the newest releases. I was exactly the same. Like the shoes I bought were the ones my mates didn't want, or I would go down to the local market and buy what they were selling. And like, whether they were knockoffs or whether they were stolen off the back of a train, <laughs> you never quite know, do you? But like people were buying shoes or maybe getting hold of these in maybe a less ethical way but people were getting hold of these shoes and selling them on at a profit it's just now we have all of these kind of different websites and different systems and, and different methods of um reselling uh, you mentioned there about the, the big corporations and how they include it as part of their kind of marketing strategies and things like this what do you think about um uh big establishments and big organizations um, and their attitude towards reselling. Because I, I, I feel personally like you see some companies that make a bit of an effort to try and stop reselling, whereas you see others that they clearly don't care as long as they sell out their shoes. Um, the, the example that I think of is the recent um, New Balance 991s, the Pata collab. Um, in order to buy that shoe, you had to have access. You had to have a password to get onto a particular website and that then allowed you to buy a pair of shoes. What's your stance on companies trying to get shoes in the right hands? Like what's your kind of opinion on that? Um, well, I, I think it's a lovely thought, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, but if, if we want to be realistic about that, it's never going to work anyway. It absolutely isn't. You know, when, when you're looking at a, a business running, when, if you look into the costs, you know, and, and the extra time and people that it requires to be able to get these shoes in the so-called right hands, it just is not feasible, you know, for a business to do that. I think it's, you know, I do really rate companies like Offspring. I know lots of people have kind of a lot of 
negative things to say about them, but I do like how engaging lots of yeah. their posts are. I, you know, I think it's it is very good. You're always mm. always going to upset some people. You know that they were at work or that oh god, you know it's never me. But you know actually. Some of the kind of competition entries that I saw for even like the Jordan one neutral greys and things yeah. from some people, I thought they were pretty phenomenal, you know, and people are going out of their way to try and get that mm. shoe. And it also then creates kind of a knock on effect for a company like Offspring that more people follow, more people want to buy, you know, and it's um, it would be wonderful if, it, if every sneakerhead in the world could get every shoe they wanted but like that's yeah it's just a ridiculous thing it's never going to happen so it's, it's sorry for anyone listening unfortunately it's never going to happen guys <laughs> <laughs> completely correcting what you say with like I say it's it's never going to happen there are companies that will do the utmost best and like I say you've got i mean it always creates good videos when you've got like the skate stores where they're like, um, you know, get them to walk out their shoes and they're like tiptoeing out and stuff like that. They'll, they'll still sell them. They'll wipe them down and sell them. Even on the sole supplier, you know, the pages and all the Facebook groups, there are pictures of shoes with the Offspring sticker still on them. doesn't matter how hard Offspring buy, there will always be some that fall through the cracks. Um, and I know there was a thing with um, last year with the size uh, series um, with the you know well, the numerous pairs and there was a lot of things that they tried to do to try and make sure that they got into the hand people that wanted them you I went on guarantee. ebay a couple of days after there was loads of pairs on there being resold absolutely tons of pairs and it's just one of them like it doesn't matter how hard they try there will always be something that will try and get through um it will always happen and i mean bringing it back to kind of in a bit of the um the whole trophy room thing Obviously, there's the backdooring. They were saying that they were the people buying through the back doors were paying resale for those shoes. Now, from Nike's point of view and from Trophy Room's point of view, if they've gone and sold their shoes for say five hundred pound a pair instead of the retail of what one twenty one forty, they've nearly trebled their money. Like from a business point of view, from a profit, I know it's completely unethical and probably you know, what's the point? If everybody's going to do that, then it would all collapse. But he's just made a ton of money, a ton of extra money um, on top of what he would anyway. So from a selfish point of view, he's probably sat there like, there you go. Right. Got my money. I'm out. But it depends. It depends where your morals lie. I think um, where, you know, like I say, people try their best, but as Joe said, like, it's just never going to stop. It will always, there will always be somebody and some people that will be trying to do it. And until people just flat out stop paying resale, that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, and there's also the, there you know, the, the aspect of it that um, when you look at, you know, lots of kind of companies and, and there's employees potentially backdooring pairs and things, people have to live, you know, like the, yeah. when you're paying an employee minimum wage and they can potentially earn, you know, that near on their week's mm -hmm. salary by backdooring it's not that i agree with that absolutely not but you know people have to live life you, you can appreciate why people would do it yeah absolutely mm. yeah you can yeah. see the motive behind it but but then again like you said we, we, a lot of this conversation has kind of turned almost towards a moral aspect but whenever there's some people that are maybe in the eyes of the greater public maybe uh, doing this immorally 
and obviously you've got to think about number one so even those people that are reselling for huge huge profits um like you've been saying there joe actually it's paying their rent so it's no different for them kind of turning up to work um from a, a sneaker community or trainer community point of view there will always be um the resellers you can kind of trust and look to and things like this and this is why in the intro we said um kind of you are almost the the, the people's um reseller within a certain degree because like you said it's, it's it's all about fair pricing and i love what you said earlier i know we're going way back but when you were saying that a lot of your attitude towards the new releases is yeah maybe i could enter a raffle win a pair and sell it for 350 when maybe i've paid 150 for it actually if i can hook a hook a friend up for retail um it it, it makes it for a much nicer um kind of i suppose culture and like you said it, a much nicer environment for you so just want to say well done keep doing what you're doing but um i think with that we'll move on to our first segment shoes rounds Okay, so, uh, Joe, you have been taken out of the Doubled Up podcast uh, studio and you are now in the Shoes Round studio. And uh, this week it is my week to uh, take on the world of sneaker news. Um, and our first story that we are going to be talking about today it is something that I think has been in the cards, or no, there's no think about it. It has been on the cards for months and months and months. And we have seen um, kind of rumors that this might happen since kind of early last year, I do believe. But earlier on this week, Adidas formally, uh, formally announced plans to sell Reebok. Yes, the uh, um, the 15-year partnership between Adidas and Reebok is finally coming to an end. Um, uh, I didn't realize, to be perfectly honest, that Adidas owned Reebok for that long. I thought it was maybe like a, a shorter partnership there. But 15 years ago, they bought uh, Adidas bought Reebok for 3.8 billion dollars. Um, new stories have been saying that they could be looking to sell for around $1.2 billion. So in the grand scheme of things, they're making a pretty hefty loss there. Um, and a big part of that is because Reebok uh, took a bit of a hit, as did a lot of retailers um, over last year. I think they had quite a reduction in sales um, across 2020. I mean, we've seen obviously lots of other high street stores going under. I mean, obviously Topshop, Topman, um, um, Debenhams, things like this. No, they're very different companies, but I think everyone kind of felt the effects of 2020. Um, but uh, none of us are kind of um, huge business majors or anything like that, so I won't go too much into the business side of things. But Joe, have you ever been much of a fan of, of Reebok? Kind of what 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 are your opinions on kind of what they've been doing in recent years, and maybe why you think they might have taken such a, a hit in value? Well, I think um, for me, I've never been a massive Reebok person. I've always absolutely loved the Reebok workouts. I think I got my first pair of yes. them. Gosh, Classic, eleven or twelve, and I'm now twenty-seven, uh, just like you, Matt, in the twenty-seven. Nah. <laughs> um, but for me, other than those, I had a couple of pairs, but actually, I I can't even remember the models of them. So that shows how much I. <laughs> don't love Reebok um really that you know you're always going to decline don't <laughs> move with the times um you know Reebok has stayed kind of very much the same probably since the late 80s 90s you know there isn't that much that they 
have changed and unfortunately if you're not changing and moving with the times people are not going to continue buying are they so I, I still have a couple of pairs of beautiful pink Reebok workouts in the collection yes. um, but other than that for me I can I can definitely see how they've took such a, a big decline they've not gone <clears throat> along the hype route you know they haven't they just haven't really evolved unfortunately for them so yeah I think 100% I agree. Um, I've been reading um, this year the Complex Sneaker of the Year book. And um, what I found quite interesting is when you start looking at some of the shoes that they have they have kind of mentioned earlier on um, in the book, uh, the um, Sneaker of the Year that they put for 1994 was the, the Reebok Instapump. And when they introduced the pump technology, people went nuts for it. Like people absolutely loved it. And that was around the kind of early, I'm pretty sure it was like early nineties, maybe even late eighties. Um, and I, I think the thing with Reebok is there once was a day where athletes really pushed what was cool and what wasn't. Um, if you think about all of these um, Air Max models that people absolutely love, they were all performance-based running shoes when they were first brought out. And um, I think you're right. I don't think they've evolved quite with the times as athletes have started to become, uh, take a little bit of a back seat. And it's been influencers and um, kind of uh, music stars and movie stars and things like this. They've now started to become the icons of um, kind of uh, consumers. I don't think Reebok have quite been able to land the necessary stars like Nike obviously have your your off whites and your Sakai's and your Travis Scott's and things like this. Reebok don't have, have anything like that. So I think I, I 100% agree. They haven't quite moved with the times, unfortunately, but it's, it's very, very interesting. I mean, that's a huge decline, $3.8 billion to $1.2 billion. Um, I mean, Scott, anything from you, mate? See, I, I've always liked Reebok. And I like what they do. Um, I've got a couple of pairs of Aztrax when they released um, Amazing. Um, you know, one of the, at the time, definitely one of the best retros that came out. It's just fantastic. And like I say, you've got shoes like the Workout, um, the, the Nylon, um, or the Leather Classic, and the like the Club C. They're just classic shoes. But the problem is they, they're that. And whereas Adidas has their Stan Smith and, you know, their Superstar, they classics that people just bar know what they are they're essentially beaters no as them as kind of like say hype or anything but they never had anything else to balance it out so they had these shoes that you know people would pick up and you could get in the sales and, but there was never anything big that would kind of draw people in um so you had kind of underlying thing and like we've spoken to like people like the sneaker dog and stuff where actually the the money is made with those pairs that are sitting like sports direct and stuff like the hype just kind of creates marketing essentially when you look at some of the collabs they've done i mean i'm just thinking about they did the story um mfg with the whole kind of canvas upper really nice fulton sat on the website and on end the end collaborations fantastic the club yeah, the c the release a couple of weeks ago insta pump insta pump both colours, full size run, still sitting. The Club C in incredibly premium leathers, lovely colour, lovely design, full size run, still sitting. There's just, for some reason, people just haven't taken to it. 
And I think it's something that you've alluded to, Matt, in previous episodes where instead of balancing it out with these really hype, really well-done, eye-catching collabs, they, fuck they about kind of balanced much. it out with really, really childish, gimmicky things like Peppa Pig. Like, what? That It's not... It's just not it like it's like oh Peppa Pig shoes. By the way, they're forty quid for your two-year-old. Realistically, people probably aren't going to pay that because they're two. They'll grow out of them within about a week. Um, it's really weird, and their strategy is bizarre. Um, but I can't help but think like this decline has happened while they're with Adidas. So surely Adidas has to take some responsibility as to what they've done because they've done gimmicky things like say the Krusties, the Simpsons club they're doing. But those shoes are fantastic. Like the Krusties are. are hit really well the flaming mows that are coming out look really good but then Reebok they've done a lot of Star Wars of collabs and things rubbish. like this that have sold out as well haven't they like Adidas yeah. Adidas do a lot of gimmicky it, it, stuff and they tend to sell quite well whereas you're right but it I, I never thought of it that way I never thought of it that actually Adidas could be part to blame here it'd be interesting if to be a fly on the wall they, well, they've got to be haven't they meetings. really yeah it's very, they, they've very, got to be they've got to be responsible because they you know they do they do good stuff but this happened while they're with Adidas and you know, if Adidas, they've, they've clearly got the pulling power. And I mean, I think I'm trying to think of who's with Reebok Cardi B. I think Cardi B is with yeah, Reebok. Ca- I think it's, um, yeah. Cardi I mean, B she's is an probably the biggest. character in herself. Some, yeah. It's very, it is, it is, people, it is very, very interesting. It'd be interesting to see an, kind of when, whoever takes over afterwards, it would be very, very interesting to see what happens. Like I said, it might be a cultural change in the business. You never know. But carrying on with the business theme, I'm going to move on to my second shoes round story, which um, is uh, something to do with New Balance. Um, New Balance have uh, very recently won a $3.8 million lawsuit against um, the, I think, Chinese company New Balance. Um, courts in China have ruled that the bootleg company using... They're not even trying, the, are they? No, they aren't even trying. If anyone has seen the pictures of these, uh, I think I got this story from Nice Kicks. Go over. I think there's a picture of a New Balance 574 versus a New Balan. I'm assuming, I don't even know what the model is. I'm assuming they'll probably call it like a 574 version 2 or something. But um, yeah, basically, the bootleg company uh, have been using the 475. They've, I think that's a model, to be fair, from New Balance. So even then, there'll probably be some sort of copyright issue. But yeah, the, the logo, it looks exactly the same. Um, it was deemed that the N logo they were using was, funnily enough, far too similar to the New Balance N. Um, but as well as that, what I found quite interesting from the story was... Um, the courts also said that the company had been working in bad faith because there was actually a previous interim injunction ordered to cease production of these new Barlin um, shoes. Um, and they completely ignored it and carry on making them. So um, yeah, unlucky new Barlin because um, you've now lost $3.8 million. So I can't imagine many people buying any sort of new Barlins. But the big question here is... We see a lot of bootlegs that are your Nikes, your Adidas, your Yeezys, your big companies. Can we now officially consider New Balance as one of the giants of the sneaker industry because they are having Chinese copies? Like, (laughs) are, are we now saying that there is so much demand for New Balance shoes that 
bootleg companies are going to start popping up. What do you reckon, Jell, about the, the kind of the, the meteoric rise of New Balance, I suppose, over the last few years? Well, I, I do definitely think it's, you know, the, the quality on a New Balance far surpasses any kind of Nike, Adidas, you know, any, any other shoe really I can think of, you know, New Balance pairs that I've ever had personally. You could probably keep them for about 30 years. And then yeah made of such good material so I'm not surprised that somebody has actually you know copied the copied the brand and and gone with it to to the point even when you were looking at the new Barlin logo uh it's actually you know got this the exact same thing as the new balance when I thought that apart from the fact that it's red and not black that was uh, very interesting However, my my kind of thing is a shop like Audi uh, supermarket is still going. Is their whole shop not based on copying every other brand in the world, and that's okay? Oh no, I, I'm going to throw it back at you, Jill. <laughs> no, no. Have you ever gone into an ASDA and seen a mid-lyle of ASDA? Yes, absolutely. You must just be going in a posh as you know. I'm from Northampton, so there must be <laughs> in our ends. I'm sorry, I've never walked into an Asda and seen a wetsuit on sale for like 15 quid. So I feel like Audi and Lidl, you are right, they are kind of copycat brands, but they have their own little niche. I don't see New Barlin um kind of having any sort of like uh, uh, specialist niche. Uh, in comparison to New Balance, but I do I, I like the spin on things. I like the Audi argument. I thought you meant Audi cars at one stage. No, no, no. Don't worry. I don't want to, you know, get a lawsuit or anything from somebody like that. Jesus <laughs> Christ! That. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I love that Audi because you're correct. Like, I mean, their whole store is just they're making cheap versions of other things. Like we bought a George Foreman, George Foreman grill. It, it wasn't, you know, all they Was do is change the Jordan? name. It, exactly. It was exactly that. I mean, I tell you, it does the job. It probably won't last too long, but it does the job. But you're exactly right. But China, they don't care. They don't care. Like I said, that logo, it they didn't change anything. They took a B off it. That's all they did. The same with anything. They just do not care. They just, they'll go with it. And if they got to pay, they'll pay. And just, it it's weird to me because like from a marketing background, something that somebody told me was, you know, good marketers copy, great market deal. And it's very true. But what they mean is they don't mean literally just steal it. Like I'm not going to go start putting a Nike swoosh on kind of everything and just using it. They mean use what they're doing in their tactics and go with it. And there are there are brands that are doing very similar, but yeah, don't just copy like blatantly. Just take the logo. It's, it's just so obvious. Like, what did they think it's was so, going to happen? So obvious. The only difference is is that the new Barlin looks like there's like no 3M on it. I feel like it's an identical shoe apart from I can't spot any 3M hits. But um, yeah, like I said, the biggest thing for me is first of all, fantastic news for New Balance. That is one heck of a payout that they're getting but secondly like i said that the biggest thing for me is i just thought well i mean you don't see people I mean, copying I'll, I'll, unless you're a big company you don't get copycats so i think it's it's almost like a nod of the hat to new balance to show hey you've you've made it i'll throw a name out there though sketches go on their website see how many of their pairs are blatant rip of nike adidas and other brands and they get away with it all the time 
Yeah, I feel like they, they sketches are a legitimate company. And they though. sell they they sell a lot as well. There's they're they're a legitimate company though. I feel like they have some sort you of clever marketing. They are almost ideal. Yeah, but I feel like there's yeah, they, they will they, do. They, they probably have it, some it, very, it will be it will be just different people. enough that they get away with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's exa- going back to exactly that what you exactly what you said, Scott. Kind of good marketers copy, great marketers still, or whatever it is. Mm, I think there's some 100%. great marketer at Sketches, said, Sketches that is doing, doing it right. <laughs> there, there we go. That's yeah. what we're getting from here. Can I just interject there anyway? Scott, I'm actually quite upset that you even brought the name up Sketches in the Double Duck podcast. That's I've nearly threw up <laughs> at Sketches. Yeah. Slip. That's there. You haven't had whiskey today, otherwise your head may be in the toilet later on. So. <laughs> I mean, this is the same Scott that likes to bring up Crocs every episode. Crocs. So I feel like it's it's not sketches and Crocs aren't a million miles apart. But uh, before we start getting into a Crocs argument, Crocs. For well, it seems to be every week at this stage. I'm going to move on to our third news story, and um. <laughs> I'm just going to say to the listeners, I'm sulking over the fact that I even have to mention this piece of news. Like, I feel like I was talking to Scott yesterday about this and I kind of said, oh, do, do I include this news story? Do I not? And it literally gave me flashbacks to like Anchorman, where I felt like I was Veronica Cornerstone or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember the surname off the top of my head. Like trying to be the serious news anchor and being forced by the network to talk about jet skiing squirrels because the next news story that i'm going to talk about is of course the fact that we have seen this week travis scott wearing another unreleased jordan woo um yeah we, we i think there was a video that was going around instagram you can tell i'm really enthusiastic about this news story um travis scott wearing another kind of unreleased jordan it kind of looks like a, a kind of blue-ish Jordan. Um, I know there were lots of kind of uh, pictures going around earlier on the week that it could be a triple collab of Travis Scott, Fragment, Jordan 1s. But I'm sorry, I just don't want to have to talk about another shoe that Travis Scott has been seen in and therefore the internet is going to blow up. Um, uh, Joe, is is this something that that caught your eye this week? Is this something, what do you think about Travis Scott and his hypnotic power over people um no it's definitely not i think my enthusiasm is probably the same as yours matt for it so I, i'll give the massive woos. woo well you know because <laughs> just, uh, i just find it very boring anyway i'm not really on the, the hype of it, they're nice you know and actually even the kind of first releases uh, of the Jordan 1s. I did have both pairs in hand at one point. Very, very beautiful shoes. But when you know there's no chance you're going to be able to cop it. And if you are, you're going to have to pay like nearly a thousand pounds for me. I'm just disinterested before it's even released. You know, if I thought there was a chance that maybe, who knows, you could grab a pair for 250, 300, it might maybe rally up some form of excitement. But it's just, yeah, it's just kind of, the, the herd of sheep following on, isn't it? You know, and, and that's wonderful. But yeah, not for me personally. So I'm with you for this one. When when everyone else is kind of taking part in the uh, the next Travis Scott Jordan One race, gel, you and I can sit on the sidelines and drink a cup of tea or something and watch the havoc unfold. But um, Scott, seeing as you forced me to talk about this this week, what w- what are your opinions on this? 
enforce you. I mean, come on. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, sweet, I can't remember. You said about we were talking about the Jordan the low version that yeah. Travis Scott was seen wearing with that silver swoosh, <laughs> oh, and no. you said you were I a fan of them, <laughs> right? Honestly, oh, I no. I question you because I change my mind every week. Are, these are so much better than those lows, and it, I think it is just. They've obviously it's not quite a UNC blue or whatever kind of blue you want to call it, but the, just having that swoosh, not silver, makes such a big difference. And these are very nice. They're not as good as the first pair by a long way. Like that first pair are beautiful, um, but the, these are not. They're not a bad shoe. Like I say, I think people are going to overhype them massively um, because again, it's Travis Scott three-way collab. You know. But again, like everyone goes on about the fragment ones. I mean, am I missing something? But they they're not that great a shoe. They're not like a an amazingly special shoe that's like it, like to me, I look at like the say the Sean Motherspoon 97 ones, and I look at that and I think that is that's a really good shoe, like regardless. Whereas you you could walk down the street in a pair of fragments and people wouldn't like take a second look. They're just like, oh, cool. Like there was some there were the Whatever they're not they that unique. The blue toes, or no, they're not. They're nothing special, really. And at this point, I don't, I don't quite get it. Like these are much better. Um, these are better than the fragments, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, they're not the best by a long way. His Air Force ones were better. Um, Dunks were definitely better, and the first one are, are miles better. So yeah, I don't, I don't quite like where Travis seems to be going with his Jordans. I thought he'd kind of be sticking um to what he'd been doing in the past but yeah they're not bad people will go nuts for them as they always do um but yeah they're, they're all right all right no, i actually think they're a pretty that it's actually quite a beautiful shoe as with lots i just can't cope with the heartbreak of not being able to get them so <laughs> and that actually yeah. exist i've never seen the photo so let's just forget about it because it's just not happening <laughs> well seeing as you are our special guest and you've told us to forget about it i don't even know what news story we're talking about and uh i think on that bombshell we're out of news so now that we are out of news and we are kind of moving on from shoes rounds we will move on to our second segment this time being taken by scott and this is double up double down So Scott, you are you are taking yeah you are taking over uh, for double up double down, mate. So, what have you got, mate? What have you got for us this week? I have a lovely selection of shoes. Um, some of them much better than others. Now, for my double up this week, I, ha- I changed my mind at the last moment, and I do literally mean at the last moment because these did come out of nowhere. Now, my initial pick was going to be the carpet company dunk highs because i think they're stunning and i love them from the second i saw the initial pictures um a little while back however something appeared today that i knew we knew were coming because there'd been a few people um kind of had mentioned it um and that is the nike air zoom comfort london's now 
these are i think they're beautiful um and it makes up for the absolute shit show that they produced when they did the pack last year with the Milan mid, the Paris low, and then they did a London like 270 Mars thing, whatever that was. It was horrific. And it was like, you get a lovely mid, you get a nice low. Where did you pull that from? It was just, it was awful. It like, it's just absolutely shocking. But, they seemingly have tried to redeem themselves by bringing out this um, this Zoom Jordan, and I'm a big fan. I think the colours, the grey. I mean, I wish they'd just stop doing grey for London. Like it's not that dull of a place, but the way it's done, the sale midsole, the little kind of hits um, of like kind of pink. It's just I love it. I think it's such a beautiful shoe. Um, it's fantastic, and I must say, I I managed to pick up. I got early access to the Paris, the PSG um, Jordan One Zoom Comforts, um, and I kind of passed them on. So they came in my door, and literally, I sent them out about half an hour later. But I was really surprised with the quality on them. I was very surprised that even though they had the exposed foam and it was a different construction, they still felt really nice. Um, and I think on that shoe, for me, it was just the colours weren't. They just weren't really for me. But I think this this is it's very kind of yeah toned down nice um simple um yeah for me i, I think it's great i think people are gonna there's gonna be a lot of people clamoring for this when does this one release this one is meant to release in according to end it really in a week's time so literally this time on saturday so the 27th 27th so that one's releasing on the 27th of um february um joe what, what what as our special guest you can you can kind of give your opinions first on this um what what are your opinions on this shoe as someone that has said that you're into kind of bright colorful shoes what do you reckon about this uh gray and white jordan um <clears throat> yeah i'm not you really set it up to fail then i'm not overly blown away with them i must say um, i much prefer the the uh, psg's that Scott was just talking about. I thought they were very pretty. They also released that mm. nice um, pink one the other week, which unfortunately, even with numerous attempts from various people in the community on my behalf, I didn't end up getting. Um, mm. It's not something that I would go for. So I guess, uh, Scott, since you love them so much, you can have my UK 11 entries on those. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. No, that, yeah, I... Me and Matt were talking about this, and the only thing with them is they are very similar to like the vast grey dunk highs that came out recently, which may be the only thing that makes me potentially not try for these just because of those, because of the dunks. But I just think in terms of Jordan, I've really... There was a period when I was trying to pick up every Jordan release, and they weren't there weren't as many like last year, year before. There weren't as many one after another after another. It seems to be at the moment that there's a, a Zoom Jordan or a Jordan One releasing, kind of every other day basically. But these are the first one that properly caught my eye, and I thought actually, that's that's one that I would probably quite happily add in. Um, but Matt, let's get your thoughts on a on a Jordan, shall we? So anyone that has listened to this podcast since the beginning will know that 
my almost worst nightmare of a shoe is a Jordan high. Um, it's just, I don't do kind of bulky high tops. So automatically I love runners. Therefore this isn't going to be me. I can, I have always said though, that I can appreciate a nice looking Jordan off foot. I really like the obsidians. I really like the, um, a couple of the, the, the Jordans that have come out recently, like the mockers. I really like the smoked gray, uh, smoke gray from last year. These, I just think are a bit boring. Like, um, I think you're right, Scott. There've been so many gray Nike high tops of late. Um, the vast gray dunks are just head and shoulders better than these. I will say that these look better than the 85s, um, the neutral grays that came out. Sorry for anyone that loves Jordans and therefore... Um, I 100% agree on that. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really sorry for anyone that loves the Jordan legacy and therefore wants the 85 from the legacy standpoint. But as far as a, a looks kind of as, as far as looks go, I think this is a nicer looking shoe. Um, I just think, yeah, it's, 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 it's a little bit boring. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I like about this shoe is the fact that it has um, that kind of sale aged midsole and the fact that I'm pretty sure there is a London hang tag. Mm-hmm. They are literally the only things I would say. So uh, yeah, I, I can appreciate if you're a Jordan fan, this is an aesthetically pleasing shoe, but um, you would have to pay me to wear a pair of these. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, Joe, you you quite like your Jordans. What what's your favourite Jordan that's released in the past couple of years? Um, <clears throat> oh God, that's so hard. Or just your favourite, or just your favourite one that you own. My favourite one by far that I own is the Jordan Four Hot Punches. Um, so they are <laughs> so so bright, aren't they? It's literally like hello. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice to meet you um but i have recently i didn't want to get into jordan ones because i hate with a passion following a crowd when that comes to fashion or anything um but i'd after picking up like the lucky greens um i've had i've already had jordans in my collection like ones but more from the time when nobody wanted them so they were like 35 pound for a high on yep. any for sale and they're still in, <laughs> in good nick oh, but I, those are the days uh, I, I actually do have a it's like a two-tonal pair that i can remember buying literally two years ago from end for 34 pounds they're like black and then they go into like salmon on the toe box okay um, absolutely fantastic but like i just find the retail price of um lots of them just very difficult but you know one of my closest kind of guy friends is absolutely um obsessed with jordan ones himself so you know he's constantly all the time sending me the release <laughs> coming up but i just think there's just too many i can't i can't keep up with it you know unless you've got about a million pounds like mm. scott there's a new one coming out every other day so as soon as you've got one yeah. then you know it you need the next one and it's never ending isn't it yeah very very true there's so many like they put the price and there's so many coming out you just you just can't keep up it's yeah too much too much but um but yeah moving on from the double up we'll um we'll go for the negative we'll go to the double down this is one that i'm sure i'll get slated for picking but 
it ha- it has to be. There's nothing worse dropping this week. It's the ready-made blazers in the black or the white. I don't really care. I'm. I don't get it. I just don't. I don't get that swoosh. I don't get. Like say it. You know. Are they a blazer? I mean, just because they're a high top, does that make them a blazer? I just don't understand them. I just and aesthetically, I can again. It's going to be one of those that people are going to wear. They're going to rock and they're going to make them look really good. And I'll be really jealous of them. But I don't. Like, maybe maybe I'm just not seeing it. But I'm. I don't quite get these. No, can I? I will absolutely. I will just book you in for an appointment at Specsavers. You're not going back to school on Monday. <laughs> Uh, they're amazing like, yes yes wow, i'm so happy you said that joe yes absolutely, from the first leaked images you know to down to the fact that it's then upcycled material like it's just phenomenal i think they're so nice you know i, I the camo kind of at the top i just think all of the colors work i just yeah scott i'm definitely not in your band for that not liking them i think they're amazing so I, I, I'm so happy you said that, Joe, because before we hit the record button today, before um, when we jumped on the Zoom, I said to Scott, Scott, mate, I think this is going to be a bit of an interesting episode because I disagree with your double up and I disagree with your double down. And normally, Scott, you and I, two peas in a pod, mate, normally we are on the same tracks when it comes to these double up, double downs, but we have like lost connection or, or something. I don't know what's quite happened because we spoke about this shoe last week. Last week in Shoes Round, you brought this up as a leaked image. Um, and I said, I liked this shoe and I haven't changed my mind since. This is a fantastic looking shoe. Um, and exactly as you said, Scott, this is something that you were going to see someone wear on Instagram and instantly regret sleeping on. Um, I know it looks a little bit bizarre. Um, but again, I've already told stories about how when, when I was kind of in college, I used to deliberately buy all the clothes that people hated. So I think I've got that kind of same thing as, as you, Joe, where like if someone's going left, I want to go right. And um, I think I, I, I'm feeling it with this shoe. But I'm not going to buy a pair because there are other shoes in the pipeline that I want to grab. But this is a very, very nice looking shoe. So just, just to confirm, what day does this come out again, Scott? These come out again. These release dates are beginning to get a bit confusing because things i think there's distribution issues with a lot of companies at the moment because things seem to be dripping through at different rates for different places however they have them up on the sneakers app to release the is it the 27th 27th same day same day as the as the jordans um yeah i mean they're gonna be they're gonna be an absolute myth to cop um and they're going to be the hard white to get ones are better way. than the black in my yeah the white ones are better than the black in my opinion um i i quite i don't know that the white with the white camo to me looks a bit better um and it look uh, that one looks more like a blazer because the one no. the, like the traditional blazer like if you go for the classic is white with that black swoosh yeah. and it looks really nice so for me i can see where the link to a blazer is with this um but they're they're still over to uh, to mine and Matt's camp, really, aren't you? You've just said you don't like them. So <laughs> back now, here he I is. S- hold up, hold up, hold up. I said the white one is better than the black one. 
yeah. it, that doesn't mean that I'm in for these in any way, shape, or form. There, I think, especially the pic- the pictures on the sneakers app. Don't do them just like the pictures that we sent through earlier. Make them look better than what definitely what sneakers does. But they're still not a great shoe. They're just nah, nah. I, I, moving on. I'm moving on. This is no nah. sleeper pick. And I think the past couple of weeks, we've I say we've been stretch the sleeper picks they haven't really sleeper picks but i think this definitely is a sleeper pick and it's the new balance um 5740 in a navy pink colorway it's lovely it, it's a runner it's very nice i don't i think the first two colorways people didn't really like that much because they were they were quite bright you had the black with the multicolor and the white with the multicolor i these are really really nice i think they're very subtle very simple um and yeah i think people people are just will just sleep on it um i don't think this model's gonna stick around that much because I, I just don't think people um bought into it but i must admit this is a colorway that really works on it and this is going to be one that you'll be able to pick up in the sales i reckon in a few in a few months time yeah I, i'm gonna jump in on this one if, if you don't mind joe i think a hundred percent um this is a new silhouette coming from new balance this year um, I really liked the first two, um, the white with the kind of multicolor and the black with the multicolor. Wasn't a huge fan of the all pink just because I think it needed to be split up with a little bit of like black in there as well. I think the fact that it was kind of all pink was too much. But again, they're sitting like all three colorways are sitting. This will sit. And I think this is the definition of a sleeper pick. Anyone could wear this and it would look really, really good. But I just think that there are so many hyped models and silhouettes from New Balance um, that people aren't going to be paying attention to this. Everyone wants the 327s. Everyone wants the 992s. Everyone wants the 990s. Um, if anyone is considering, if anyone is kind of on the fence and thinking, right, I really want to get into New Balance, but some of these other shoes are far too expensive. Maybe I don't have £200 to buy a pair of 992s i would urge you to try a pair of these 5740s because i think they retail at only about 120 pounds um you could probably end up finding some sort of student discount somewhere and end up getting it maybe around 100 quid and i think all the other shoes that come from new balance that are around that 100 pound mark far surpass um the quality of um, adidas and nike so i do think if this is if you want to kind of dip your toe in the new balance pool um, I don't know where the hell I'm going with that metaphor or whether it is a metaphor, <laughs> but um, I, I would very much consider going for this one. But Joe, what, what, what are your opinions here? Um, no, it's just, it's just <laughs> um, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I think the kind of, you know, the half bit between the uppers and the midsole, it just very much looks like a bit of chewing gum or something that's been dragged across. Oh, no, don't say that. I think the, um, and the sole is just the actual midsole and outsole seems like it's going to be a bit of like Sakai vibes, you know, at the back. It's just, it's just a no for me, guys. Sorry. So, um, I'm I'm gonna say like that they, they did they did release a shoe, a model was that and they were literally it was an almost identical to a Sakai full and it was oh it, it was the it, um it it's well. I can't the oh no it's the it two is. it's the two three seven uh, obviously last year the three two seven um 
took off massively. They're trying to bring back another kind of like affordable new silhouette and it's the 237 and it has a little bit of a wedge kind of coming out the back. I really like it, but I think it's just because it's a new balance and it's not a Nike, but, but um, it does. It is Sakai I can vibes. See what you mean. But it's Sakai I, vibes. Yeah. I'm, <sighs> I'm going to say, what Scott, before, you, before said... you say anything, uh, before you say anything, Scott, I think, I think we failed this week, mate, because this is the first time the first time ever on Doubled Up Podcast history that our guest hasn't liked at least one of the shoes. Like, Joe, you've disagreed with the double up, the double down, the sleeper pick. Like, I, I, I'm, I, I want to apologise to you personally for not picking good enough shoes for you this week. I'm sorry. Okay, guys, I, I think I can definitely go with it. If, if but Scott could have changed his mind and said double up on the Blazers, then, you know, it might have been a different show, but I guess that's just... Um... <laughs> I'm I'm sorry what but what what you've said about the chewing gum it it hurts me because I think you're right I can see it and I'm not going to be able to unsee it <laughs> No I I still I still like the shoe but I'm they it really does look like chewing gum it really does it looks like, you know, like when, when as a kid, like if you had some chewing gum in class and you stuck it under the desk and that odd occasion, you'd have a peek under and be like, what is going on under here? You would probably see that. Um, oh, maybe it was, maybe it was think, the inspiration. You've ruined maybe it them was for me. the inspiration. But uh, hey, maybe. You, Joe, your harsh words can you know ruin this shoe I'm, for me. That's okay. That's you know it. Scott, in, in your head, every time you look at that shoe, if you just remember the, the theme tune to Bazooka Bubblegum, I think that might help you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm, it, oh, this, is, this has broken me, but I've got a runner and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know what? I don't need, I can't even be bothered to do a transition for this. We have a question that we ask every week. We are getting to the bottom of this. We're nearly there it's at the moment it's it's going one way that i don't want it to but we have a question to ask and seeing it full of disappointment i may as well ask it just to see if you're going to end me um two shoes we have the city series called dope and the zx 8000 hanami which one are you picking uh the cordo all day long yes oh you've made me happier i'm <sighs> Much better. I've decided that much better. Why that? Why that? Why the Cordoba? Why the Cordoba over the Hanami? Yeah, good question. Um, it, it has to be. I absolutely used to love, like, uh, you know, the kind of football hooligan kind of gazelles. Um, yes. That style of scene. I literally, I think I must have had every colourway. You know, that's a bit of an exaggeration. I've definitely never been that uh, well off for money, but I. Uh, <laughs> No, I just had so many of them. I just used to think they they would go with the dress. They used to go with your jeans, your tracksuit bottoms. Like they were just a winner. They are very versatile. That kind of shape of shoe. I mean, I, I'm going to try and turn over a new leaf this week, and I'm not going to sulk over the fact that you didn't pick my shoe. Which I don't know if me saying that means I'm sulking, but hey ho, I'm going to go with it. However, um, what this does mean is it's now for all. Yeah, which means is our next guest has the deciding factor as to which of these shoes wins. Yeah, so just to confirm for anyone listening, um, obviously we've been speaking about this. Sorry, 
just shouting Cordoba (laughs) subliminal messaging or something like that subliminal messaging (laughs) yeah for anyone that is listening and is a little bit confused with this um, question again just to quickly recap we did a 2020 sneaker of the year series and when it came to the Adidas bracket that we did we did a bracket for every single um, brand Um, we were undecided as to which Adidas shoe we thought was the um, sneaker of the year so yes um, in by the time this episode launches it will be um what the, the final week of february yes in the final week of february we are still trying to decide an adidas sneaker of the year for 2020 um but yeah so we are doing a first of five competition it is for all um we do have a guest lined up in a couple of weeks time so um, we're not going to say who that guest is but if you are listening no pressure you are deciding which is the adidas sneaker of the year but um <laughs> i think with that scott now we've kind of cheered you up a little bit uh, I think it's probably time to move away from doubled up, double down and move on to our final segment, um, which is the sneaker wheel. So, Gel, you have done incredibly well in destroying um, both of our souls over the duration of this episode <laughs> um, and your time, your time with us at uh, with the Doubled Up podcast is coming to an end. Um, so we're moving on to our final um, segment, which is the sneaker wheel. For those of you listening um, that do not know what this segment is, um, basically every time we have a guest, the before they leave us, they have to face a challenge of the sneaker wheel. And uh, basically what the sneaker wheel does is it reveals a challenge or a game um, that our guest has to uh, kind of undertake before leaving us so what i'm going to do is i'm going to spin the um, sneaker wheel of doom it's spinning it's spinning it's spinning and it will reveal the game for you okay right so we have uh, a bit of a a challenge for you an opinion-based challenge for you this week gel so the um, sneaker wheel of doom has revealed um, for you this week, shoe deal or no deal. So what I'm going to do um, in a moment, Joe, is I'm going to present you with a hypothetical situation relating to a possible shoe endorsement. All you need to do is tell me whether you would accept this as in a shoe deal or whether you would not accept this a no deal. Are you okay with the rules? Do you know what your, your, your challenge is? Yeah, I think we'll give it a go. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure I'll just say no deal just to continue on with the theme. <laughs> okay, well, here is your hypothetical situation. Again, um, we would also like to hear from listeners here as well. So if you've got this far in the podcast, first of all, thank you very much for listening. But I'd very much like to hear what your opinions are on this uh, hypothetical situation. So your um, possible shoe deal gel is um, your dream brand has offered you a shoe deal that allows you unlimited free shoes. Nothing is off limits. You're allowed all the heat you want. However, there is an unfortunate event that happens every time you get a shoe delivery. And that is that every delivery, one shoe is a whole size too big for you. Shoe deal or no deal? That's an absolute deal. Double socks were made for a reason. That's the sneaker. <laughs> so, so you're going to so walk around with cool one, with one shoe. Yeah. Why not? It's not going to be that. You would Just be d- double sock. 
I think you should have a closer look at people's feet next time you go to Tesco's because I guarantee there will be some people in the world doing that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in, guys. It's a deal from me. Out of interest, out of interest, what would be the brands? I think I already know the answer to this. And what would be your first um, endorsement um, order that would go through that brand? Okay, so it's, it's obviously going to be Nike from all of the stuff that I've said. Yeah. And- um, what would be that first that first block of shoes that you'd want to get from Nike? Oh God, if you, if you, you made blazers, I'm walking out. Uh, do I have to have a so I have to have a whole model? Do I or you you can have whatever you want. The deal is you can get anything. Nothing is off limits. You can have any shoe from any time. It can be hyped. It can be gr. Absolutely anything. I'm off, I would just literally love just a Jordan One tie dye. It's not even like it's that expensive. I'm just still begrudging to pay this money, and I've absolutely loved it from just forever, even from the first leaked images. That would be it for I'm me. I'm a big, I'm a big tie dye fan, and I was so gutted that they were only going up in women's sizes. Yeah. Like I would have loved that. Sh- but I, I was talking to Calf actually the other day. The women's releases this year are killing it. Like it, there are so many good women shoes, and it's almost like they've made a conscious effort now to make the women's shoes better than the men's to try and balance it out. Because there have been some fantastic women. Yeah, that's it's all that's definitely that would probably take us a whole other podcast to discuss. Yes. That with all of the, the the gender and inclusive sizing and all that jazz but for me actually i'm a uk6 um eu40 if anybody wants to sell me a pair but no that means that i have <laughs> um, all men's or women's so unfortunately i, I'm, I can't empathize with you scott sorry i, but... I did not here so well, if anyone does have a pair of Jordan 1 tie-dyes, um, do double-check the labels to make sure they are the same size. But we've already kind of established from this um, sneaker wheel game that, uh, Jill, you're not fussy. If we have one six and one seven out there in the world, she'll still take it. She'll still take it. But Just one as well, you know, if you want. I don't mind pretending to be an amputee or something. <laughs> <laughs> and just wearing one you know or i'll fit both feet in there <laughs> somehow <laughs> basically if anyone has anything jordan tie-dye related gels your girl but uh with that i think on that on that bombshell gel i'm just going to say thank you very very much for joining us for uh, a very very enjoyable um episode of the podcast but uh, i'll just sign it off if that's okay with you both uh, thank you very much for listening to the doubled up podcast remember if you like this episode leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family go and follow at doubled up podcast on instagram and use hashtag doubled up pod to be featured on the instagram page you can find me matt at sw underscore on instagram scott tell the listeners where they can find you mate at underscore sneaker teacher and gel tell the world where they can find you at kixel candy for your fair priced sneakers that sounded like such a radio advert on that bombshell see you next time guys <laughs> bye <laughs> see ya